We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the odyssey app a documentary having its premiere at the gene siskel center this month takes viewers inside the lives and alongside the efforts of two young Chicago activists, and the subjects, both the topics and the people involved, could not be timelier. This weekend, we meet some filmmakers who are unapologetic. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. Unapologetic is the name of a film directed and co-produced by Ashley O'Shea, a Chicago-based filmmaker. It follows the efforts of two dynamic young women, Janae Bonsu and Bella Baz, who are grassroots organizers who want to change this city. Here's just a taste of the production. There's been a major development in the police shooting of 22-year-old African-American woman, Rakia Boyd. Black women do a lot of thankless and undervalued work. We take it back! We take it back! Our entire existence is resistance. This is like an exacerbated level of commitment. It's very new, this idea of this being work. This has always been life. So how does a documentary like this get made and what can it show the people of this city and frankly this country about what's happening on Chicago streets and in its communities? Well, we're going to ask some of the people behind and in this film. Joining me via Zoom conferencing is director-producer Ashley O'Shea, film producer and journalist Morgan Elise Johnson, and community activist Bella Boz, whose declaration about Black history is one of the touch points of the film. I thank all three of you for taking the time, and especially because uh, uh, we are recording this in the midst of your world premiere. So congratulations to all of you. Thank you. Um, Ashley O'Shea, let's start with you. You've been making films for years, but mostly in the uh, commercial realm, sporting goods and such. How did you come to make this feature film and a subject pretty far from commercial considerations? Yeah, so um, I've always had a, a deep passion for documentaries um, since I went to film school and um, always had a passion for framing real human issues um, 
I think, especially given my background as a cinematographer, um, I'm constantly thinking about how um, we are perceived in the world and what images are, are put into the media. And so um, with Unapologetic, I was living in Chicago um, in the fall of 2015. And this was around the time that young Black people were continuing to organize around the killing of Rakia Boyd. And um, they would attend these monthly Chicago Police Board accountability hearings um, held at the time by our now Mayor Lori Lightfoot, um, demanding for the firing of police officer Dante Servin. And so I, was, I wasn't only captivated by the fact that um, the people in the space leading were young Black people, but they were also people that I could directly identify with as a young Black woman. The people that were being centered in the space and uplifted in the space um, were, were faces and identities that I had not often seen in my formal education when talking about Black social movement. Um, and so I began to do some research to see if there was any like comprehensive media piece told from this perspective um, within within a black social movement. And, you know, surprise, surprise, I came up short. So um, that was when um, I began to really ideate about this project um, and start to talk to different black women um, within the Chicago organizing community. Um, and, and four and a half years later, uh, we had a film. Wow, and and uh, and again, congratulations for that. Now, Morgan Elise Johnson, uh, uh, who's producing on this, I know your work as co-creator of the Tribe, the uh, digital publication focusing on Black Chicago. Um, but you've been making films or, or helping to, I gather, longer than you've been doing the Tribe. So, how did you get here? Yes, absolutely. I'm a filmmaker first, um, then turned publisher of the Tribe. And at the core of all of that is my passion for telling Black stories and reshaping the narrative. Um, <clears throat> how did I get here? Uh, can you be more specific, like with the no, film? I, I mean, <laughs> to to be able to meld that the the, the storytelling and and to come to this film. Um, I came to this film about a year and a half, almost two years after Ashley had already been filming. Um, as a as a one person crew, remarkably. And when I came back to Chicago with this mission to start the tribe, people were like, great, you're going to make films here. And when I say people, I'm meaning Cartempuin films, both Ashley and I um, have been a, mentored by them and a part of their internship program. And so they were like, we have a film that we really want you to get involved with. We need you to connect with Ashley. Um, I ended up running into her at a Cartemquin event and um, she sent me the demo for the film and I had no intention of getting involved. But when I saw um, the footage, when I saw characters, what, what we call characters, but really real life people, organizers like Bella Boss, I knew that there was a deep story there and an opportunity um, to do something remarkable, which is to tell a story that centers Black women, um, specifically a, a Black liberation narrative that centers Black women. And that's something that we simply don't see. And I couldn't help myself but to get involved. So Ashley and I ended up talking on the phone and I really said something like, okay, girl, I'm gonna get involved with this film. I have to launch this website really quickly. So after I launch that tomorrow, let's talk the next day. And so the tribe and Unapologetic actually are like the same age. I started them at the same time. 
<laughs> that is uh, that is interesting to know. Now, Bella Boz, your journey is one of the stories of the film Unapologetic. Uh, I don't want to give it all away, but what inspires a, uh, a young Chicago woman to have a life of activism? Uh, my life, <laughs> my, my life inspires it. So again, my name is Bella Boz. Boz is B-A-H-H-S. That's Black Ancestors Here Healing Society. Not bars, not prisons, not police. Us, us, the solutions come from us. We, we intimately know what's going on, what's going wrong in our city, in our community. Um, you know, both of my parents, you'll see this in the film, were incarcerated when I was growing up. My brother is incarcerated. You'll see that in the film currently right now. Um, and the toll that takes on you and the understanding a different perspective you have of the world when that is your lived reality, when that's the world you were born into. Um, when my mother was standing in front of a, of a federal judge when she found out she was pregnant with me, like that's when I made my entrance known into this world. I feel like that was my first protest, letting her know that she wasn't here alone, that I was right here with her and I was coming in to take this fight on. Um, with with all the knowledge that she passed down to me and my grandmother passed down from, to me. I, I was born on the west side of Chicago. I can't help but have, I was born a black woman on the west side of Chicago. I can't but have, but a different perspective of the world. Um, that many people don't take the time to ever get to come understand or come listen to. You don't really see Chicago on a big screen or on any screen with our stories told from our perspective, um, letting you know what's really going on with us and why we are out in the streets. It's not just about one person being killed. It's about everything that's going on in our lives that's driving us to this place of hurt and anger and, and feeling like we are not being heard and we are not being seen and we are not being cared for in this city. Um, so what drove me to be an activist, I didn't know I was an activist. It was people, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a part of one of the most educated generation of young black women ever <laughs> in this nation. So um, what drove me to be an activist, I just, I just was privileged enough to end up in a room end up with peers who were learning how to articulate our lived experiences differently in a way that we could join each other for strength and see each other, see what we are all going through, some similarities and the differences that make us dynamic and make us a stronger force uh, and, and make what we have to say about the world so necessary. Because we, again, we just see the world differently. We experience it differently. So, yeah, I didn't know I was an activist. This community taught me that I was an activist, that I was a leader, that I was necessary. I didn't know that. Um, but my whole life, I knew that the world wasn't what they told me that it was. And that my history book would look a lot different than the one I was reading in school. I, you know, I think the, the point all three of you raised, that how central Black women have become to the movements, and I, I, it may not be, it's not just one movement, it is the movements, uh, I think is a story that hasn't been told as much. And, you know, is it because there haven't been as many 
Black women telling the story to notice what is happening. Ashley? Is, are you saying is that the reason why we haven't seen as many stories about Black women? Yeah, uh, yes, and, and, and how central to mm-hmm. uh, what's happening on the streets that Black women have been. Because, you know, those mm-hmm. of us who cover news stories, yeah, if we paid attention, we might notice that a lot of the people who are doing the organizing, a lot of the people who are doing the, not just the out front speaking, but the behind the scenes are women. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's because of the way that patriarchy and sexism are set up in our society. We aren't told to focus on women or queer folks or trans folks or people who are outside of the realm of masculinity. Um, whether that's in social movements or in corporate spaces or in education. Um, there's many other fields where, I, where Black women are contributing um, their knowledge, their work, their skills, but are not the ones that are being elevated or uplifted. But historically, Black women have always been essential to Black social movements. You know, women like Ella Baker, who were working side by side by MLK, like, by MLK Jr., um, who really was one of the first community organizers to insist that we folks needed to go out into the community. They needed to survey folks who were at the core of the marginalization and the oppression that they were facing um, in the South and, and throughout the U.S. So I think that it really is just a result of the systems that, <laughs> that we exist in. I think um, that's why we see now within the film space there really emphasizing how important it is, who's behind the lens as much as who's in front of it, um, because we frame things differently based on our experiences. And so I knew starting this project, even if there were 10 other people who would be in the film space doing the same things as me, me, that they would not look or feel the same way that my film would. Um, And so I think that's also partially what Unapologetic is to encourage other Black women filmmakers and creatives um, to establish their voice and to feel like um, they have the power to create these type of stories, despite what funders may say or the larger film space may say. Um, because, yeah, I think in a large part, we gravitate towards the stories that we identify with most. Um, but we are not always given the resources as Black women to be able to create those narratives. Mm-hmm. Now, am I correct in... in uh thinking that the uh, the killing, the murder of Laquan McDonald came mm-hmm. during this process? Um, it was, it had already happened when we began the process, but the tape of the killing of Laquan McDonald, it, it came out in the fall of 2015, like right after we had started filming. Okay. But he, yes. was, he was killed in 2014 and um, over a year later was when former Mayor Rahm Emanuel and the city administration was forced to release um, the tape. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to make sure I got the timeline straight, but but that tape was a turning point for the entire city. Uh, uh, Mayor Rahm Emanuel, uh, well, first off, it cost the police superintendent uh, his job. Mayor Rahm Emanuel chose not to run again, although he will say it was for other reasons, and a police officer was convicted. Um, how How do you tell that story and, and show the lives of the, of the people involved, the activists involved, while this storm is raging, because that was another, that was a storm as well. 
Uh, Wanted Morgan. to see if Morgan was going to pick it up. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was. I'll add, Morgan. Would you? Yeah, tell me how you uh, how how this story gets told in the midst of of the kind of uh, unrest and anger that was going on. Um, how the story gets told. I mean, we as journalists and filmmakers, we can't separate ourselves and our lives from this moment. We're also millennials who have to live in this city. And we, you're, you're, we're thinking about and praying for ourselves and our relatives to be able to live and survive in this city. So in these types of moments, yes, we think about what can we do to contribute? You know, I personally draw from um, ancestors like Ida B. Wells, who really blew the lid off of objective journalism a long time ago and said, I'm going to highlight um, the, the horrifying um, lynchings that are going on in this country and make a difference. And so I think what Ash, Ashley did, what any revolutionary would do, would be to, uh, to, to find a way to use her talents and her skills in a way that can further this cause of Black liberation. So while Bella may take the streets, you know, and I may start a publication, Ashley picked up a camera, even without any funding or backing or Cartimquin Films name attached to it. And we just take to the streets. And that's how, that's how that happens. You're listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm Craig Delamore. We're talking about the making of the documentary film Unapologetic with its director, producer, Ashley O'Shea, co-producer, Morgan Elise Johnson, and activist, Bella Boz, who is one of the subjects of the film. And we are recording this interview via Zoom. Um, I, I would be interested to hear if there were any unexpected challenges that you faced in making this film, maybe unforeseen events that uh, shaped what eventually goes on to the film. Ashley? Lots of them, yes. Many, many unexpected challenges. I think um, the initially I, I didn't even conceive of this film as a feature length project. I was really just looking at it to cover that first fall and um, what I had captured of today. But as you just shared, when the tape of the killing of the Kwame Dama came out um, and I was, you know, downtown witnessing the protest and the unrest happening, you know, you could just feel in the city that this was a hallmark moment. And so I felt that I would be doing the city and um, the community a disservice if we only stuck to a short, a short piece. So, um, you know, transitioning from a short to a feature at the age of 22 is an interesting choice. Um, <laughs> but I, as Morgan said, I was, um, at the time I had just kind of started my relationship with Cartemquin Films um, here in Chicago. And um, they really guided me in terms of thinking about all the different elements that would be necessary to complete the project from, you know, how much it would actually cost to, um, you know, editorially, we had, you know, several rough cut screenings and feedback labs um, that helped us to shape the narrative. Um, and I think one of our greatest insights um, came about a year and a half, two years in when we realized that we have been conceiving of this as more of a top-down 
picture of all the work that was happening in Chicago, all the different campaigns, um, really kind of just scratching the surface a little bit on on the wider work, but we realized that people were gravitating much more to the stories of Janae and Bella, just asking more questions um, <laughs> and for footage that we did not have at the time. So um, around that point is when we pivoted, I think, to um, go deeper with both of them and, and think of this more of a, as a coming of age story. Um, and I think that came with its challenges, um, especially when pursuing funding, a lot of funders, I don't know if they initially understood the necessity of a film like this, especially when the media escape, I think, was overloaded a bit in terms of Black Lives Matter, excuse me, Black Lives Matter narratives. So I think having an emerging Black creative crew with, with Morgan and my editor, Ruben Daniels, was really important um, in staying and committing to how we wanted to tell this story. Um, and... You know, sometimes that meant we didn't have funding for a few months, so we weren't filming, we weren't working on it, or they were working on it because they just believed in it so much. Um, so I think I aged, like, this film took four and a half years, but I feel like I aged, like, 10 years in the process um, because there's just so much to learn. I'm still learning um, with this being my first feature, so, yeah. Can I just add that... Um, what a slap in the face it is to tell Black women that this moment is over or like we've seen this film <laughs> already or we know what a protest film looks like. That's basically what funders were telling us. It's like there's been multiple iterations of the movement for Black lives and um, this is a multi-generational uh, Black liberation struggle, right? So like at multiple points throughout the life of this film, we've had people on the fundraising side and people even on like the publicity side to be like, oh, we think this moment passed. And then all of a sudden it's like um, uh, we get George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, wow, this film is relevant again. But for black people, this is our life all of the time. And if there is no, you know, this narrative is relevant now and willing and we're willing to fund it um you know what i'm saying it's just yes it's always relevant to us and just as young black first time filmmakers doing this independently um it was definitely a struggle to to raise money for that reason and and i that's why i have to continue to applaud ashley for being on this journey for for so long and having the grit to see it through and for Bella Boss also <laughs> for being with us for four years because I'm sure there was a point where picking she, up our calls. <laughs> where she was like, y'all not done yet. And we just kept asking for more and more and more from her. We have to understand that documentary that can definitely be a very extractive process of our participants. And Bella gave so much of our of herself. And because of that, we can we can show the world. Um, a deeper look at what a Black liberation organizer looks like. And, and Bella, I do want to talk to you about the, the issues that you were uh, dealing with here. Um, the larger issue, of course, of police misconduct. You know, if people hear that subject, in some ways it seems pretty clear. I mean, over the past decade, the city of Chicago has spent 
over half a billion dollars in settlements and judgments on police misconduct. And we cover that story. But as a, you know, one of the clips in your documentary shows the people in some less troubled parts of the city, I might say, are less than sympathetic. And, you know, you, you, you and others like you confront those people. Um, but how frustrating is that to see that people are reluctant to see things through your eyes, Bella? This guy right here was real sarcastic with me. This lady as I was trying to get them out of here. So they just disrupted the bunch about 200 people. Okay. Well, there we go. We what is this helping though? That's my question. I like to I'm just I'm just taking a moment to de determine how I want to answer this. <laughs> but um, no problem. It's, it's, a, it's a very nuanced question. Um so it's it still seems like people aren't aren't seeing us, aren't hearing us. Um because we're not just dealing with issues of police misconduct, police murder, police brutality, right? Like these, uh, that's just, it's like, how dare you on top of, on top of everything we're, we're, we're going through. So you all see that what you don't see is that I'm really out in the streets because I'm, I'm mad that my grandmother just died from cancer. I'm depressed. I'm hurt. My, my anger feels a lot better than my depression. So I'm taken to the streets because my friend just got killed. I'm hurt. I'm hurt. It's a lot of things driving us out here to the streets other than just what we get to talk about, what, what somebody else says is an important topic at this moment in time. It's all of it. It's all of it. It's the fact that I know if my grandmother was a grandmother in one of these other neighborhoods where we disrupting their brunch. If she was one of their grandmothers, then they would have detected that cancer in her a lot sooner. She would have had better treatment. You know, I know she would have had less. She probably wouldn't have even got it. You know, just the disparities and how we live in this city. It's all of it. It's all of it. It's that the police do this on top of what we're already going through that this is always a part of it too. Like we can't heal, we don't get a moment. We don't get a moment. So we take into the streets, like I, sh I probably should have been in somebody on somebody's couch talking to a therapist. I don't even, I can't even think like that. I can think like I'm mad right now, I'm gonna do something with it. So this, this is the best thing I see in my community right now for me. Okay, we're going to take to the streets. This is a community I see I can feel held in. Everybody at least understand that what's going on, what's happening with us right now should not be happening like this. And it's not our fault. It's things that existed because of people in positions of power that determined that this is what our lives will look like. This is the pain we would experience. It's people that determined that it would be okay for us to experience this. And that's why we out there. So I still feel like they not seeing the full picture, but we at least got to start telling some part of the story. We at least got to get 
get some sort of platform so we could begin to have much deeper conversations. I feel like this is that we moving real slow right now. <laughs> we moving real slow right now. Like we got we got a much bigger part of the conversation or the work to get to. But I'm proud of us still for, for where we are in getting that work done and, and in having these conversations. Ella, I am going to give you the that you, this is the final word in this, and I can't think of better ones that we could have heard. Uh, I want to thank the uh, unapologetic team, director, producer, Ashley O'Shea, co-producer Morgan Elise Johnson, and activist Bella Boz for spending this half hour with us. Uh, to our listeners, if you would like a copy of this program or to hear it again, please visit our website at wbbmnewsradio.com. There should be a link on the homepage. You can also find our podcast on odyssey.com. We'll be back next week with another edition of At Issue, and I hope you'll be listening until then. I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 